Hello, my fanist friends. Welcome to my podcast feed. Powered by ACAS Plus, here's a joke from my son. What did the bum say to the other bum? That's a bummer. You know, not for everyone. Uh, so, uh, look, thanks to everyone who's come to see the previews of Can I Have My Ball Back. It's been going really, really well, and uh, I'm really pleased with how the show's turning out. It's officially on tour now from Wednesday. I'll be at the Leicester Square Theatre. A couple of tickets left. Lots of press coming to that one. It'd be lovely to sell out, but there are a few other London gigs not selling as well. So if you're going to come to London... Maybe look up those other London gigs. And then this week I'll be in St Albans on Thursday, Gloucester on Friday, Chorley on Saturday, which is sold out. You can join the waiting list. And Glasgow on Sunday, two shows. I think the earlier show is sold out. Check with the venue, but the later show has some availability. Come along if you can. If you enjoy these podcasts and like them being free, then the great way to pay me back is to buy a ticket to a show or buy a download or a book from gofasterstripe.com. But you can just keep listening for free as well. That pays me back also. So, you know, no no pressure. But I'd love to see you there. If you just know me from the podcast and don't know me as a stand-up, I'm pretty good as a stand-up. It's a good show. I think you're going to enjoy it. It's only made about seven men faint so far. So, you know, are you brave enough to take the challenge? Let's sit back, relax and enjoy whichever podcast you're listening to now. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Leicester Square Theatre. Please welcome man who's regretting killing himself for a part in Ghosts. Here's Richard Herring. Here we go. Ah, oh. you're much better than last week's audience. So thank you very much for thank you very much for coming along. I uh, love to see you all. Thank you for coming. Welcome to Richard Herring's Leicester Square Theatre podcast. Though I was talking to Henry Mutt Williams, who, of course, you know is uh, the son of Indiana Jones from the popular fourth instalment of uh, Indiana Jones, who, uh, spoiler alert, he's dead. Uh, in, he's dead by the fifth one. It's a bit like when uh, Poochie uh, goes back to his own planet. <laughs> sort of unnecessary. We don't, we're not only not going to have him in it, he's going to be... T- we're going to make sure he never appears in anything ever again. He calls it Rahalastapa, so there we go. So, um, yeah, not much has happened to me this week, but I was... Um, I was in quite a good mood on, uh, I think it was like Tuesday or Wednesday, and I was just driving my car somewhere, and the phone rang. It was a number in, in Manchester. It was, I thought, I don't know anyone in Manchester. And I answered the phone, and I was in a jolly mood. 
And the guy said, hello, uh, it's, uh, we, we understand this is uh, from the traffic world conglomerate. I understand you've just been in an accident. And I went, I went go fuck yourself. <laughs> I absolutely lost it with this guy. I went, go fuck yourself, you fucking wank. Fuck off. I, got, I absolutely lost it with him. He went, oh, he tried to, for a second. I hadn't been in an accident, right? So I knew it wasn't real. I knew it wasn't a real thing. It was genuinely about as good as the company name I just made up there. He, and for a second, he tried to pretend, oh, sir, why are you being so rude to me? And I said, because you're a fucking cunt. <laughs> I really laid into him, and I, he, he hung up. Uh, I had his number. I nearly rang him back to carry on. And... Um, <laughs> Then I felt kind of guilty uh, about being so rude because he's just doing his job of trying to rip off vulnerable people. <laughs> That's why it's not his fault, though he has chosen to do that job. I sort of wished I'd been a bit more reasonable with him, but it was kind of, I was surprised how quickly this anger came over. But partly, my dad, re- I went back to see my dad a, a few, and my mum and dad a few weeks ago, and he's 80, nearly 87 years old. Uh, and he'd had one of those emails where they go, oh, DHL, sir, DHL tried to deliver a parcel to you. Please give 27 pence to this. And he'd filled it all in and sent it off and had to change all his bank details. I think I might, maybe I was channeling that. But it's amazing, anyway, just lose it. If he'd been in the car, he'd have been in trouble, that guy. He, was, he's, he ran off scared. Don't come to me with your cons. I'm not stupid like my dad. <laughs> I hardly ever, I hardly ever yet. He's done very well, my dad. He's a, a very smart man, so it's annoying. Uh, look, we have a fantastic guest for you uh, this week. She's probably best... You probably saw her on Sunday brunch, and you thought, wow, she's an overnight success. How she got on Sunday brunch? What's she done? Nothing else. She hasn't done anything else. That's all she's done. We're going to talk to her exclusively about Sunday brunch from last week. Will you please welcome from Sunday brunch? Is Bridget Christie. Here she is. Sunday brunch. You're on Sunday brunch. <laughs> Sunday brunch. Did you enjoy Sunday brunch? Do you know what? I've done it twice, yeah, and yeah. the first time was for Taskmaster. Yeah. And I thought, oh, I'll wear the the leave and cl- I'll wear that outfit. Yeah. And then um, I thought, oh, I'll just be, you know. And then people were really confused and freaked out by it. And then <laughs> it ended up in the Express, like and loads of like tabloid newspapers, like who. Uh, and people thought that they were doing, like, a funeral section on the show or something. But I didn't look like I was... Who wears a Lee Van Cleef outfit to a funeral? Oh, Somebody t- very cool. <laughs> <laughs> Me. Yeah. And then... Just and that was... Reason. Oh, yeah. And then, um, what's his name? Tim. Tim Lovejoy. Yeah. When I was on the sofa, they said, oh, get up and go- give us a twirl or something. I was like, I, I don't think I... <laughs> Did they? Like I'm 50 years old, mate. I'm going <laughs> to stand up and give you a fucking twirl. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? And then, um, uh, and then and I went... all the people you could ask to give a twirl as well, Bridget. That is yes, he's obviously seen none of my work. <laughs> Goodness. Can you give us a twirl here? Why? <laughs> Would you give me a twirl? <laughs> and then I did yep. it on Sunday. Yeah. And um, they didn't ask me uh, to do a twirl. Yeah. Because I, I just wore a normal outfit. Okay. And do you think maybe ooh. he just wanted like a chocolate bar, the twirl? You say, could you give me that? Was there a twirl, and you just misunderstood, and you think Tim Love- Lovejoy is very sexist, but he actually just really loves wants, like wanted a sort some of chocolate. Fl- yeah, it's a nice. The twirls are nice. 
Yes. It could be that. I don't eat chocolate anymore. No, I well, I've well, tried vegan to give chocolate. I tried to give up, but I've really massively failed. <laughs> I was doing quite well, and then I've just started. I can't, I can't stop eating. Like, I know a lot of people in showbiz have drug problems and take cocaine they don't. and Come heroin. They don't. A lot of people do. They don't. Or alcohol. No, that was like the 60s. Where, where are you? Like, well, I. You don't know any young people in show I business. I don't know any young people. Young people in show business. Like, they're so helpful. Like, they, they all go to the gym and, you know, the one. Ah, uh, God, menopause. <laughs> you know, the comedian. You need, the, I need more information than, you know, the one. You know, uh, he got Ed caught Gamble. wanking or something. Oh, Ed Gamble? No. <laughs> 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 he should have done. He got away with it. Uh, Joel, Joel Dominic. Yes. Yeah. Like, he's not no. d- um, eating. No, because he's wanking on the internet, isn't he? He's spending all his time. He hasn't got time to eat. Take drugs. He's all wanking on the internet. And we're turning that into a successful career. I could have done that. I could have wanked on the internet. Why am I presenting The Masked Singer? I've wanked on the internet loads of times. <laughs> on the internet. You're like, oh, what does that mean? Anyway. Um, uh, what was I going to say? What were we talking about? Oh, it doesn't matter. Sunday brunch. Oh, you I, wanked I, I'm, on I'm, Sunday I'm brunch. addicted to, to uh, giant chocolate buttons. That's what I... <laughs> so that's my... So if, my, if the kids have an open pack of giant chocolate buttons in the, in the drawer... Yeah. I, for ages I could resist them, and now I can't resist them. What and I drawer? just eat. They've got a kid, a kid, there's a kid's sweet drawer in our kitchen. That's a disaster. Yeah. Is it so, locked? And I go, no. Well, you're just going to, every night, big packs. when you're drinking and sad, you're just going to go to that... <laughs> I don't drink. I've stopped drinking. I haven't, <gasps> had, I haven't, what? Had, I haven't had a drink for two and a half years. You're joking. So I can stop drinking alcohol, but I can't stop eating So why buttons. did you say that everyone in show business is getting crazy? Because I'm saying, I'm saying I've got an embarrassing addiction, which is chocolate buttons. <laughs> not just little ones, but they have to be the big ones. I'm not a, I'm not a baby. <laughs> The kids have them in the house all the time. Yeah, you're a man. You have big buttons. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The big ones, I'll go, yeah. I will take you A kid couldn't even get that in their mouth. That's how many I'm the I rock. Have. I have slightly larger buttons than a weak so man that's would. Me. So, yeah. Um, so, yeah, you've given up chocolate, though? I haven't given up chocolate, but I eat chocolate. Um, vegan chocolate. Oh, yeah. The best one is Vego. Is it? Well, it's my, my son's uh, <coughs> lactose intolerant, so there's vegan, there's vegan chocolate in the house. Luckily, I don't feel I <laughs> need to eat. <laughs> I tried a bit, it went good. I'm not going to get addicted to that. What are your favourite buttons, then? Uh, just, I like Cadbury's, Cadbury's, Cadbury's. Cadbury's chocolates. Do you know about dairy farming? I do. I'm sorry, I, I, honestly, I've, I mean, I knew you'd turn it into a polemic event. Just, I knew just some fun would be... Stamped on eventually. The most sexist food <laughs> that you can eat is, che- is cheese. Yeah. Because cows are pretty much... No, this is... Shall I not? It's too early. They're putting things called... No, it's going to go I've wrong, stopped, I've Rape racks, that's what they're putting. I've, I've really... When you're sucking on your buttons, <laughs> you can think, this cat was... This cow was artificially inseminated by a farmer who probably looks like Jeremy... What's his name? Can't remember. <laughs> Jeremy Beadle? Clarkson. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it must be difficult for him to milk them, that's all I'm saying. <laughs> He's got a little hand. A short. <laughs> Jeremy Clarkson, so that you can yeah. have some buttons. I don't okay. enjoy the milk bit, I only like the chocolate bit. Is that all right? <laughs> <laughs> I have stopped, I have oat milk 
and I've stopped, I've stopped drinking It doesn't milk. make any fucking difference. That does make some difference, because there's a lot of milk in milk. When you're, drinking, <laughs> when, you're, when you're drinking milk, that's all milk. So if that's... Whenever I have a coffee or, like, a porridge, that's a big quantity of milk, rather than, oh, sorry for the little okay. drop of milk I've taken in this pack of... I am sorry. So large quantities of, of milk, you would yeah. have... A, a, you would have... A... If it's a little bit, it's fine. You just go... But just, you suck it out of the teat. Last time I was on, we talked about when I used to milk cows. Yes, remember? we did. It was, and you, it, we've, we've, we've discovered that it was eight years ago. Yeah, it was eight years, almost the day since you were last on. Which uh, is absolutely incredible. Uh, it you, doesn't seem you, like You it. seem younger. <coughs> you seem to be going backwards. Whereas I definitely, <laughs> I've got photographic evidence. I don't look as good as I did eight years ago. That goes up and down I haven't for me. studied... Well, I... Sometimes I look good... So, you know, like two years ago, I looked better than I did eight years ago. But now I look worse than I did two years ago and eight years ago. If you've been looking at yourself a lot, have you? I have. Well, you know, when you're wanking on the internet, there's a little picture... There's a little picture of you. Well, you're looking at yourself. <laughs> That's all I can get you around. You need to talk to somebody, Rich. <laughs> I've got some numbers. I'm 56. I'm nearly 56. Um, you're nearly 56. I'm That's nearly good. 56, yeah. you're t- you've got lots of your own hair. I do. <laughs> and a beard. I've got a beard. And. I've got hair growing in places it shouldn't grow. Where is it growing? Like on my. On your penis. <laughs> it's not nice. Hair has started growing on yeah. your thing. Yeah. <laughs> Why? I don't know. It's not my choice. I don't know. I'm, I'm not like I've been Is shaving it, it and making grow. Oh, it's trying to hide itself. <laughs> <laughs> People on the internet watching. I, don't, I think yes. You get to like you're not meant to live this long, are you? Right, as a human being. You're so, not. Well, meant the, to... no, no one is. <laughs> We're meant to. In the, on the in the wild, we'd be dead by now, right? Well, it was public health messed all that up because yeah. we got really good at. So we stayed alive. So the body only thinks yeah. I've got to get to 30 and then yeah. do what you like. So after 30 goes, oh, I didn't know... No you know what, though? Why stuff. run? You could start running. I do run. Oh, do you? Yeah. yeah. But no, so it does I, look... Two you... years ago, I ran, a, I ran a half marathon. Six months after having cancer. I'm an amazing guy. It is. Um, You're like a miracle. <laughs> <laughs> so let me have a little bit of milk to make up. For, for only having one testicle. I can't milk myself in the way I used to. You know, they shackle their back legs together because yeah. the udders are so heavy. Is your one testicle heavy? <laughs> the, the one that went was. Would you shackle? <laughs> anyway, lovely to of see that you. It's so lovely to be here. You are genuinely... I don't think I've seen many... Um, we did discuss this backstage. I haven't seen your last couple of shows, maybe. But I don't think I've seen any comedian's body of work as much as I've seen... Good your... grief. It can't be true. Because I came to all your early brilliant shows where you were crazy, which I'm sure we talked about last time, where you did The Great Fry of London and You Were an Ant and you... And all those things. All the characters. All the characters. King Charles. Oliver stuff. Cromwell. Yeah, all that stuff. The Plague. How could you forget the plague? <laughs> I didn't forget it. <laughs> uh, so I've seen all that right through. So I've seen everything. So we will come and see uh, your, your current show. That's very... I wonder if we might be in the same venue in the... Is yours is in the autumn. 
is it? Uh, my tour? Yeah. This? Yeah, we probably are going to be in some of the same. Might venues. be in the same. Yeah, then we could, you know. Yeah, we could see each other's shows. We could do. Yeah, well, it's not going to happen. No. <laughs> we'll, be, we'll be doing our own shows. <laughs> we might be, we might be. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to be in Edinburgh. We are, this, is, this podcast is going out during the Edinburgh Fringe. Ooh. This is the Edinburgh Fringe podcast. So you're taking this show to Edinburgh. It's, it's, you've been doing it for, because it's a pre... Covid show, right? This, it was a lockdown, yeah. And then um, we we had Covid, and then everything was sort of like pushed and moved. And then I was filming, and yeah, it's. But actually, I think it's worked out well because it will be coming. Well, it is. It's uh, you know, when I was filming the change, I didn't know when it was going to be broadcast, right. so we just had to put the tour in because. <laughs> You can't sort of wait around for you know what it's like. I do, but that's you're very busy. That we I've just watched the whole of uh, the change. Thank you very much. It's all there on uh, Channel Four Player, whatever that's called. Yeah. All four. Is that what it's called? I think though? so. Is that what it's called? Don't think. Yeah, all four. I think it's just called Channel Four, isn't it? It's on Channel Four, but if you want to what, get a sneaky peek ahead, by the time this goes out, I think it'll all be up there anyway. Oh yeah, it'll, it'll all have be been there. on TV anyway. But uh, yeah, so you can watch the whole thing in a weekend if you want, which is what me and Katie did. That's we, very, that's very kind. Thank enjoyed you. Enjoyed it. Um, you know, but yeah, I, when it started, I just thought, no, not another sitcom about the bloody eel festival. <laughs> <laughs> No, oh well, this again. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, it's, but you know, you found it's a like... new, you found a new way of doing that idea. <laughs> <laughs> I think, if anything, I like, I loved it. I think, if anything, there's too much stuff in there for a six-part series. There's a but, lot packed into it, right? Because you don't know what's going to happen, and so you know, you hope that it, you'll get to go again, and then you can pay everything off. But I, I think that I wanted to plant a lot of seeds that I could then develop. Yeah. You know, and also you think, you know, I'm, God, I've been, you know, I, this is my first TV thing and, I, and, yeah. I'm, and I'm 51 and it might be the last one. And I just think that I've been probably working my whole professional life towards this and it might not happen again. So I need to kind of put everything in it. Yeah. Um, within reason. Yes. <laughs> um, and... Uh, you know, you you want to give yourself somewhere to go. So I d- I did want to sort of talk about things that I then yeah. But you just because you just don't know. You don't know, but it, it's not a bad thing. It's I've just read uh, Stephen Wright's uh, novel, the comedian, the, the the comedian, not the the DJ or the serial killer. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and it's There's so many it's Wright. so packed with stuff. It's like it's so dense with stuff. Yeah. But it's so enjoyable as a result of that because there's so many ideas in it. But I think that there's a lot of I. And, you know, it says it's billed as being about the menopause, but it's about a lot more than the, the menopause. And there's a lot of... And I know that's a theme running through it, but it's not. It's it a, is, it's a but lot I, I will say this as well, is that you, you can watch it twice if, you, if okay. you're getting a bit lost. Yeah, I wasn't lost. <laughs> I wasn't lost. It's just there's a lot of... There's a lot of things. There's a lot of... Because it's about the environment. Yeah. Yeah. It's about, you know, about just Community, about, like, mortality, yeah. everything, you know. But that's what I really wanted to do. I mean, I just... I really enjoy the writing process and um, I really did want to talk about a lot of different things and also you think, you know, I wanted it to be kind of relatable and ordinary but to also be extraordinary because I think that um, I, I've, I kind of almost wrote it like a film that's been split up into six sections. Yeah. So, like, often you'll have, like, episodic plot points and things like that then you'll have a whole, like, narrative arc for the whole series... But I was just like, oh, I'm going there 
Yeah. I'm going I'm going there and this is me getting there and I've got to chop it up. Yeah. Um so you know and I I didn't want um you know you have that thing in sitcom writing where you have to end up in the same place. Well I think that it's high time we didn't do that. <laughs> yes. And I didn't want that central character to end up in the same place. I wanted her to evolve and change her life. Yeah. And like you say, you know, there's a lot of things in there, but there's a lot of things in life, you know. And um, I kind of just thought, well, you know, I want to speak to lots of people. I'd like a lot of people to watch it and to feel that it was maybe about them and their lives. So, you know, and it's the first thing I've written as well. Yeah. Uh, for I mean, TV. it's kind of crazy, you know, because you, you came to prominence like 15, 20 years ago. Maybe, I mean, 10, 15 years ago, right, since you won the... Comedy award. Well, that it's, is ten. That's ten years yeah, ago. Yeah, it's a yeah. long time since. That's a long time to not have anything commissioned. Well, not have like anything. <laughs> it's you know, it's really for people to not know who I am. It's really, it's really difficult to get things commissioned. Believe yeah. me, I know that how difficult. It's really it is. hard. And you, right? you know, I've written script, yeah. after script, and script, and occasionally get a taster tape. So to get something on TV is amazing in itself. To yeah. get something that's so, it's just really you. It's fantastic. Nobody else could have. Nobody else could do your stand up. I don't think, and no, which is is the mark of a good stand up to me. And and nobody else could have come anywhere near writing this. This uh, it's a comedy drama as well, rather than a, a sitcom. I would say I, it's a comedy drama. Yeah, yeah very. It, it's got a different rhythm to it. I think with sitcom, um, it's it's quite. You know, the pacing is just really different, and the writing yeah. is really different. But it, it was. It's yeah, absolutely a comedy drama. But I don't know. I just I I, I have to say that my producers and, and Channel Four. When you say nobody could have could have written that, I'm going to say something, right? Okay, do it, say and it. I'm going to say, say this: when somebody believes in you, as my producers did and Channel Four did, I genuinely think that writing this show has changed my life and it's changed me because they didn't want me or the show to be anything other than 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 what I am and and they wanted my voice and they didn't want anything watered down and they yeah. really believed in me and they really said what do you want to do and how do you want to do it and how can we support you and it just made me feel really confident and it made me um because you know what it's like especially well in life anyway but just in this business is we're constantly told um you know because we have to make things work and we have to adapt ourselves and um, I didn't have to do that with this. I could really be who I was and write it my way. And I've, I have been told in the past and in my life, you know, I think when I started doing stand-up, I really honestly, genuinely felt like I'd found my tribe. And it was all the people who were, like, on the outsides of, like, groups and at school. They were on their own a lot. And I felt like when I started doing stand-up that I'd met loads of people like me. Mm -hmm. And that was really good for me. And then this process of writing this show where I had business people saying, we want your voice and we want you to do it your way. That gave me so much confidence and made me feel much better about myself. Where maybe if you're an actor who's just waiting to be picked, that's why I went into stand-up, because I went to drama school. Yeah. And then I never got any... The first proper part I got was in Ghosts. <laughs> and that was four lines, and that was just my friends casting me in it. <laughs> and this Linda is my first proper part, and I had to write it and cast myself in it. Yeah. And I'm 51. And it's just, I think you have to stick to your guns sometimes and keep going. I think that's all that's happened. Like, I know that I'm really lucky, 
and I'm in a really privileged position, but I also think there's really something to be said for never giving up and never compromising and just staying true to yourself. And I could have done a lot of things that came in sort of 10 years ago after a bit for her, but A, I didn't think I had the right skill set to do them, or B, I didn't really like them, or I, th I felt that I would be out of place doing those things, and so I wouldn't do them well, and so I didn't do them. And I, I'll, <clears throat> like, I'll never know that if I did them or not, I would have been commissioned earlier. Maybe I wouldn't have got this commission. I don't, I just yeah. don't know. Yeah. But Channel 4 and my producers, Neris Evans and Morwenna Gordon, they were like, say what you want to say, and then we'll try and get that made. So like you saying nobody else could have made this, that's because some people believed in me. And yeah. um, that can be very nurturing and yeah. rewarding. Well, it's great. And, but that's how you make interesting TV. You know, I think that whatever you think of this, you couldn't, you couldn't argue that it's like individual. <laughs> and it, I don't, I'm not sure it's going to be for everyone. I don't think it's like Terry and June, you know. I think that, <laughs> <laughs> no offence, no offence, but, but you well, know. Well, I am offended. <laughs> but it's very. It starts much, off being Terry. And it does. I suppose it does. If Terry was catching sausages in his mouth, um, <laughs> Omid is probably, very funny. <laughs> well, you've got great people in it. Well, well, the the thing I was interested in as well was, I mean, the the idea uh, of, of the, your character is noting down all of her all the stuff she's doing in the house that yeah. her, her husband doesn't do any housework and yeah. she notes down everything she does yeah. now i think most couples will identify that even if they're doing the same amount of work as each other i think i, I what i my wife thinks i don't do as much as she does <laughs> but i do more than she does and I, okay. what i want to do is invent an app like a chess clock <laughs> that you both have on your phone and then it it shows because I always get up... I like, think CCTV is better. I do think so. Because <laughs> writing in books is fine, but it, you can't... If you actually have the cold, hard facts there straight, you go, look, I did four hours of Well, I think care. you would regret that. Do you? <laughs> I don't think I would. I think there's things... This is the <laughs> argument. OK, so all of my girlfriends that I talked to when I was writing this up and the, and the, pi and the pilot, what it was was this show is about time, right? Yeah. And it's about mortality, and it's about who we think we are. It's about... Um, identity, it's about the loss of the self, it's about like self-discovery, self-love, all these things. And Linda originally wasn't going to take that time back. It was just she realised that she was doing the stuff that nobody saw and nobody thanked her for, and so she just started jotting That's it. Me. That's me. Jotting it. <laughs> That's me. You do lots of I do you... loads of stuff. You do loads of stuff that nobody sees. Yeah. How do you feel about that? I feel all right about it because, you know, I'm an old man now. I think because I didn't get married until I was, like, in my mid-40s, you know, if I hadn't... If I was Omid Jalili in your sitcom, I would be dead. <laughs> because he, could, he doesn't know where the cheese grater is. I knew where the cheese grater was from day one. So, like, I had to look after myself for a long time. Yes, so. but lots... But not... I'm going to say there are, there are going to be anomalies, right? And, yeah. and this is, like, you know, all the, all the characters in the show are, like, invent... Like, they're all, like different bits of... The, none of them exist. Like, I remember... Because, like, Lisa Tarbuck is brilliant as my sister and I've got five lovely sisters and people... <laughs> and, and someone said to me, oh, my God, my sister's like that as well. And I was like, no, 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 no. <laughs> like, like the, the, I don't know. All the characters are invented. But it was so funny because Omid, um, on the first day of filming, he came in and he said, I've had to do no prep. <laughs> <laughs> for this but he was he was so funny yeah so it's that 
I th and in lockdown, so basically this show started about seven years ago with the original script commission. Sure. And it was very different, like, because Linda wasn't in even the perimenopause at that point. Right. But it was about a woman who had her life hadn't panned out as she'd hoped. Um, she'd had lots of dreams for herself that had not... I mean, that's most people's reality, yeah. right? Yeah. I mean, look at us sat here. I would never have believed, Rich, when I was eight, that I would be sat looking <laughs> at you... <laughs> um, talking about <laughs> chocolate buttons. Um, LAUGHTER what was I going to say? Oh, yes, most people's lives, and I can imagine that that would have been my reality as well. And, and you know, we just, we all have dreams, and then life ta takes over, and it doesn't happen, yeah. right? We can all identify with that. And, don't look um, at me when you don't point at me and say it does. <laughs> does yeah, all right, it didn't happen, Bridget. It did happen. <laughs> <laughs> um, it absolutely did happen. Um, and, and, but, so then it was a really good thing that it had such a long, like, it took so long to make because two things happened. Well, three things happened. One was that I became perimenopausal and then menopausal. And then COVID happened, which put us all into lockdown. And those things really shaped the show for the better. And it wouldn't have been the show that it is. So I always wanted to set it in the Forest of Dean, which is a place really like close to my heart. Went there as a child. It's like my childhood idyll. So I wanted to really showcase that. But actually lockdown really reminded me of how amazing this country was how like rich in culture and how beautiful it was because we were all stuck here we were talking about Sutton Hoo earlier yeah. and um there was two things that came out in lockdown one was the dig the film yeah and one was um Paul and Bob's fishing program which I think is edited and shot really beautifully and it was like god look at this country and look at our rivers and look at all this stuff so I really wanted to show that in this program and also I became menopausal so the character really evolved that way and I'm really glad because I'm not sure if seven years ago if Linda was menopausal it, it would have been I, d I just don't know yeah, people are saying how did you get it how did you get a show about the menopause commissioned I didn't it wasn't <laughs> about the menopause and I've tricked them into it like, well that once they've commissioned you can do what you want so yeah. it, is, it is sort of a weird thing if you can get through yeah. those many many stages uh, and do your taste the tape, and then you can do what you want when you when you. I mean, I, you know, I'm I'm jealous because I've been trying to get like West Country sitcoms and yeah. comedy dramas off the ground for you know years and years, uh, and now you come along and Jade Adams has done a West Country sitcom as well. So you know, it's that's. I you. think it's not about where it's set. <laughs> I think it is. It's the idea, Rich. But it is. They won't. If I went in now with my, I've got. I wanted. Well, it's sort of simple. I had. I wanted to do a comedy drama about. Uh, Roland Pavey, who's a guy in the 19th century who, oh, who brought his own guitar. Someone's brought their own guitar someone, to the to heckle someone with. Someone having a guitar lesson <laughs> while I'm speaking? Yeah. How very rude. But no. it's sort of a similar thing, because he, he, believed, he believed we all have wings, uh, that were invisible wings, that when we're, so he was sort of spiritualist, he used water divining, and he tried to find a cave in Cheddar Caves when all the caves were being discovered yeah. by blowing, blowing a hole to try and find a new cave. And in the end, he just blew a big enough hole to open his cave. <laughs> so, so it was just a cavern that he'd made with explosives. That is a good story. It's a really good story. Uh, so that's sort of, it's sort of been a similar uh, thing but to this. But is he a white middle-aged man? Um, yeah, yeah. That's why it's not. Yeah, that's why it's not. You can't do that anymore, can you? Now it's all got to be. It's all got to be uh, girls doing it now, isn't it? That's, uh, I... that's it. That's how it is now. 
It's flipped around. That's they've the thing now. Be, they've got to be either dead or menopausal. <laughs> um, I, I don't know. I think, I think it is extraordinary because when we were sort of developing it and talking to Channel 4 and everybody, we were like, who is, who is Linda like? Like, what's the closest story to this? And we were really trying to think. And we were like, God, we can't think of... And the, the only character that we could think of was Shirley Valentine, which was 1986 yeah, yeah. or something like that, and she was 42, and she wasn't even menopausal. Yeah. And it was like, we can't, there must be. And if you look at women sort of middle-aged or older than 50, there's no symptoms, like it's completely invisible from their stories. And I'm not saying that we have to see loads of menopausal women all the time, but <laughs> one in fucking 30 years... <laughs> One, like, that's no. not too many, is it? It's not too many. No, so, it, you um, know. Or just having some symptoms. There was, you know, is it House of Cards with Kevin Spacey, isn't it? Yeah. And Robin Wright. Uh, yeah, I haven't seen it. No, there's I, one uh, scene in, like, three series where she opens a fridge and goes, like, opens a fridge and goes like that. And I'm like, oh. And then a woman walks into the kitchen. And I was, I was like, oh, they're going to have, like... And then that was it, like... The writers and the director was like, you can open a fridge, <laughs> you've got to shut it really quickly, and you can't fucking talk about it. But I, I, I just think, yeah, I, it's kind of crazy that there's, that there's not more than one. Yeah, it is, it is. Well, you know, but but it, like that's... you say, it's not the... It just Linda no, happens to be um, menopausal, and she's the, she's the female protagonist of the story, but it's not... I wouldn't say that it was a show about the menopause. No, and that's where it, we need to get to. We need yeah. to get to a point where... There are women who are older than 30 who do stuff. <laughs> like, who are... Who are I... Honestly, the, like, I love all people, and there are some brilliant young people, like, fantastic. But there are such great women, uh, like, my age and up, who are the top of their games. They're, like the most confident and wisest they've ever been. They've got life experience. You know, where are we? Like, why, are we, why don't we see us doing our stuff? Well, do why are we it's... grannies? Or why are we grannies? Yeah. Or, like, sad? <laughs> or, like, mums? Or why can't we just be, like, humans having adventures and doing stuff? Yeah. And a really interesting thing was, like, I wanted Linda to get away from that, the house so that she was, like she was interacting as, like, a human being. Like, she had children and a husband, and that's great. But she had kind of... Because she worked in a supermarket, she'd kind of forgotten, lost who she was, and pe she never got that question. Mm -hmm. You know, at her own 50th birthday party, and I see this at the family occasions where older women don't get the question. Like, there's a group of you, and how, how is school? Kids get asked, how is school? Like... Yeah men get asked how is work and then i've seen this and it breaks my heart right older women don't get that question and i want older women to get that question like assume that she's doing something ask her how she is what is she working on what is she doing like how is she and i want to see that uh, uh, you're like yeah it's not funny no, but I, be funny. i'm I, smiling because it's good it's great you know but it's but it needs somebody to go in. I think, like, it's partly because the business, you know, this business has been so focused on on men for sure. But then, equally, like, it's it, in, in the last ten years, 
it's shifted a little bit. Mainly because of me. Yeah, mainly, but, but <laughs> that it's, was a joke. <laughs> nobody laughed. It shifted that a little bit. That was such but, a joke. But yeah. then, but you then cut that bit out. But there's not. There, there aren't that many people who've been through the, you know, been through the ten years to get. You know, like you say, it's taken you that time to get to where you're at. Mm. You need to be in the business first of all to get to the point where you can write this. And thing. not to give up. Yeah, though. of course. And so it's like very easy to give up. It's very easy for anyone to give up. Yeah. You know, but but I absolutely. Uh, Hundred percent agree with you. It's insane that that, that 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 you can't think of another example since Shirley Valentine of anything, and it's not like Shirley Valentine. No, <laughs> but uh, but that is brilliant. But that it was, is brilliant. That great. was, was great. genius. Yeah. That yeah. film. Yeah. Um, um, but then very... I suppose Jerome Flynn's Alfred Molina, if it. <gasps> Jerome, <laughs> oh my God! This is such an interesting because the cast is unbelievable. Yeah. Right? I didn't know this. Okay, and I've told him this, so it doesn't matter. I saw Jerome Flynn in John Wick 3 getting his testicles bitten off by a dog. And I thought he... I thought he did... No, it's in the film. I didn't... I know, but you don't have to bring it up. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. It's all right. But... but, And he did it in such a funny way. That's where, you know, people... That's when, when was the last drama about a man with one testicle and, that, and his troubles with that? Well... <laughs> it's just a comedy thing to John Wick, isn't it, that a man gets his balls bitten Well, off. I mean, I think they may have... Like, it kills him, but I think, I think, they, might, I think they might be intact. I, okay. I don't know, I okay. didn't... OK, well, I'll ask him, I'm, ask him through on. series two to I'll give me a him, ring. Yeah. I'll talk it through with him. But, yeah. so, and I thought, and then I saw him in John, and I was like, oh, that's that guy, and he's really good, and uh, he's really good, because st- I haven't seen Game of Thrones. Right, okay. But I thought, he's got, there's something about him that is really unique and different and special, right? Yeah. He's, that there's a yeah, depth to him as an actor and whatever. So I thought, oh, well, I, uh, I've got this character, Pigman, and he's this sad character who has this tragic backstory, and he lives in the woods on his own and all of this. And I think he'd be really good at it. And he's called Pigman, and that's because of all these things. So a really amazing thing happened with the show, which is that I had my top list of actors. And then I thought we would just start making our way down the list, you know, so I'd end up with, you know, maybe... Me. <laughs> I'm just happy to make the list. I'm happy to be happy right at the bottom of the list. So Jerome Flynn was here, and then you were not that far okay, down, that's actually. Good. That's nice. And then, um, <laughs> but then we didn't have to. That's why you didn't get the call. Yeah. Um, but um, and then, so, so would you be this character, Pigman? <clears throat> then we couldn't get hold of him because he was off grid, like he lives, you know. This anyway. People said you won't get him; doesn't do many things. And I said, well, can we just ask anyway? So they asked, and he was like, oh, he's interested because of the thing, but he's slightly worried about the character's name, which is Pigman and stuff like that. And I was like, oh, fucking, like, you know, <laughs> a bit fussy, you know. Anyway, so then I, I wrote him an email and said, oh, this is, your, this is why he's called Pigman, this is his backstory, blah, blah, blah. And then he said, yes, he'd do it. Then I looked him up, and he made a film about pig farming like called hogwood a, mo- a modern horror story right. and he'd done all this activism about pigs that i'd not known about and we had this like pig skin that we were going to get him to well we weren't you know and i think it was um roadkill anyway like right. the pig skin it wasn't like killed for the show or anything like that okay. um and then um 
that was a coincidence that I'd asked him to be Pigman, yeah. not knowing that he'd done all this yeah, of course, yeah. work for pigs. <laughs> then the character... But he was pro the pigs, right? He wasn't anti He loves pigs yeah, yeah. so much. <laughs> then the character had given up his quite affluent life, like life. He was like a city banker and he was really rich and everything. But the only thing that he kept from his old life was a milk frother. As yeah. I don't know if you've seen, but he's got his milk frother in his cave that he froths up. And the first time I spoke to Jerome, he said, oh, you won't know this, but where I live in, um, in, in Wales, I'm known as the frothy coffee guy. Wow. And I was like, well, I, I obviously didn't know that. And he was like, no, but it's weird because of the pigs and the frothy milk. So... <clears throat> Did you have a go at him about chocolate buttons and the milk? The milk? Did you say, you say, I hope that milk... He doesn't eat dairy oh, chocolate. Good, that's good. <laughs> I, uh, pres- I was presenting Top of the Pops when Robson and Jerome were number one. Really? Yeah. <laughs> so did you meet up? I don't, we sort of, I don't, I wouldn't say we met up, uh, but I, he was... You introduced my, him? I introduced him. My memory was they sang the song and there was a lot of, there was a lot of teenage girls there screaming. It was one of the most horrible things I've ever experienced in my life. They smelt really bad. Who and smelt bad? The girls. It was this horrible smell of... What do you te- mean they smelt they were like, bad? There were all these overexcited girls, sweaty, and Why? they smelt... This is the worst person that you could say, lots of girls smelt horrible. No, they just because they were sweating. What do you mean? They were all sweating and overexcited, and I just would like to say that any of those top of the props presenters that managed to find that sexually attractive, hats off to them for that, because that was... That was a difficult... Let's stop. Stop. There's lots of things that are wrong with this. The first thing is horrible, sweaty teenagers. Hats off to Jimmy Savile is what I'm saying. Because how he managed, I don't... uh, It was disgusting. Well, none of this is going to make it in, (laughs) is it? So there's no point in me calling you out on all the terrible points. Like, who is finding them sexually... You've just pretty much said that Robson and Jerome... Like, who... What I was going to say about Robson Jerome, edit point. <laughs> All these girls went crazy for Robson and they didn't... Whenever Robson sang, they went, ah! Who was, who was and whenever Robson? the other guy, Robson and Jerome... his first name? Robson Green. Uh, yes. They went <laughs> so nuts, also... Robson Green, and Jerome, nothing. And they, they, there was a break in recording and I went, why aren't you screaming for this guy? So I'd ask him if he remembers me, <laughs> trying to stick... Now, what's wrong with him? He's got a bit of a funny nose. He's all right. So they're screaming at Robson. They love Robson. They didn't, they didn't like Jerome. I think but you're, in, you're interpreting the silence completely. <laughs> <Getting right>. so. <laughs> Maybe they were listening. Shocked or... <laughs> yeah, they were Maybe they were by... trying to drown out Robson. Yeah, maybe. And be. listen to... Uh, it, was a, it was poor. It was a poor... Was it song. live? Yeah, I think... Well, I don't, were they singing live? I think they probably were. Were you speaking live? I definitely was. I was not miming myself. I was definitely speaking live. Um, I think they probably did sing, but it was Unchained Melody. It's a really difficult I don't song. remember that era. Oh, but... let's do it together. Oh, my love, my darling. No, this is a fucking nightmare. It's actually quite easy, isn't it? I'm doing well. I'm doing a good job. Give him a ring, see if he'll come and do... <laughs> do it with me. Both of them. Rich, Rich and Jerome. Who's Rich? Oh, I'm you. Rich. Oh, yeah. Rich and Jerome. <laughs> Give me a ring. I, I, well, look, there's, it's full of fantastic actors, this, this show. It is! 
is. Really oh my is. god! You've written loads of fantastic parts for men. I have to say, the men, the, the male parts are all really funny. I do. But, uh, thank you because the, I do love them. I love all of them. It's yeah. like I know them. Really. I mean, they're horrible men, but they, you kind of. They're big, not actually. They're not, yeah. They've shown you like this is what I want to say about the first series thing. It's like I think that most humans, unless for some weird quirk, we've all got masks and we all present. A, a version of ourselves that we're comfortable with. And the men in my show, they're, trust me, if we get a second series, and I really, really hope that we do, they're like Tony, okay? He's not a bad guy. No, no, and I know that guy. I've met that guy in loads of pubs, right? And he just hasn't been... No one said, what? <laughs> <laughs> Like, six people have seen the show. Like, no, like, no one has, like, challenged him on the things that he says. And he's an all right guy. Yeah. He just hasn't thought any deeply about it. And that's fine. The verderer is also a good guy. He's just lonely and afraid and threatened. Um, Omid is a great guy. Like, Linda loves him. She's not left him. No. She's just having a, a, a month away. Um, or if we get a second series, two months away. <laughs> You know, or maybe, you know, uh, you know, uh, if we get a third series, <laughs> three months away. He can come um, and stay, he can come and live they're, in the they're all, There's nothing wrong with the guys in no. the show. And, and Pigman is obviously a great guy. Yeah. You know, so they might, they might appear that they're, they've got, you know, they're saying things that are not quite, you know, no, but, you robust know, but enough. But, but, it's, but it's you've got to have, be, be able to have fun. The eel women say... And Lisa yeah. Tarbuck says... I mean, no, they're very good. They're very. They're, they're, they're all very funny characters. They're very <laughs> good characters. And they all, I mean, it's sort of you know. It is. It feels like I don't know. It's like, it's hard. To, it is really hard to. The tone of it is. It's like Twin Peaks or Northern Exposure or something like that. Well, it's quite, Northern Exposure was yeah. a big influence, was as was Detectorus and um, yeah, Deer Hunter and Deliverance. Deliverance. <laughs> and Shirley Valentine. Like that. They all bled into yeah. like the kind of tone of it. But actually, a really interesting thing is that I'm from uh, Gloucester and I love the Forest of Dick. Like, I love it with all my heart. And I remember when I was writing the really, really early drafts of the script, I had some notes back saying, it's just not realistic. And I was like, no, you need to go to the... Like, <laughs> these people are real. <laughs> like, I think there was a worry that they were... You know, I, I, it was really important to me to... Basically, what I was saying was that people who live in rural communities, like, they've got it sorted. You know, they look after each other and they, they believe in things. And I think that, you know, people... I live in a city and I think we've kind of forgotten loads of things that are really important. We don't really know where our food or our clothes come from. We don't have that sense of community that people who live, like, in the country have. We're not really in touch with the seasons or the weather... Things like that. We yeah. don't chuck eels into the air. Do um, we don't. We don't make things out of wheat. <laughs> um, you know. So I it's an that. affectionate look at rural communities yeah. and a celebration of them and of working class. I always like something that bothered me was a in a lot of comedy dramas, like people are always really rich, <laughs> but like they don't seem to work. But they've got massive houses. Yeah. And also, working-class people are often portrayed as either heroin addicts or just, a, a, like, not very bright. And that's not my reality at all. Yeah. That's it's just not the case. And so I kind of wanted to 
redress that a, a little bit. As yeah. You didn't ask me about that. I didn't, but it's you know it's good. It, it, you know, it, it's it's definitely everyone should uh, get to all four or watch it on Channel Four <laughs> uh, and watch it. You know, it's it, it's it's terrific to it's it's a terrific thing to have, have, have achieved this. So you, I, I know you're very Rich. proud of it, and uh, so it's and and rightly so. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Let's talk about um, let's talk about Taskmaster, which you were incredible on Taskmaster. What? Well, you I were. Was... I mean, yeah. Look, I think like. I look at you on Taskmaster. Go, that's the way to. You know, oh, stop! I, because will you stop? I, think, I, I mean, Bridget, don't get me wrong. I won Taskmaster and I won Taskmaster Champion of Champions, obviously. But I would say there is a saying that's about winning, isn't there? <laughs> there is. Well, I would say it's probably had a negative impact on my popularity. <laughs> <laughs> so a lot of people say I did Taskmaster and then suddenly I was selling lots of tickets. I did Taskmaster. <laughs> now no one wants to see me. But at least You're getting refunds. At least I won. <laughs> no, that is a massive <laughs> achievement, and you must have somehow got Greg to like you as well because <laughs> he can be very like he can but, just do what he wants. But you had an, I mean, it's not. I, I, I almost <laughs> want to say it's a sexual relationship with Greg, but it wasn't. It was like it was like a primeval. Non, it was like there were bits where you two turned into wild animals, strutting around each other like stags. Turned into wild you climbed, animals. Wild animals. Oh, you wild were, animals. There was a bit where you were you were saying stop cock and he was prancing around. And you started climbing on him, and it was it was beyond sexual. <laughs> what is beyond sexual? I don't know. Whatever that was, whatever happened between you and Greg was like something deep. That was like that should be in the forest of Dean. That well, was go- what was going on there. I think that you should just mix things up a bit. <laughs> yeah, you and really if did. if you can climb up on a big throne, then you should. Yes. I I I don't know. I right. I'm going to tell you about my Taskmaster experience. That offer came in in lockdown, and when as you were talking about um, 
the Fosters thing 10 years ago. Yeah. So what I did when that happened was I just kept my head down and I write, wrote another show and I just, I was like, I'm not really, I'm still finding my voice. I just want to, you know, I, I love my job and stuff like that. So things did come in, like TV things, and I thought I'm not going to be probably very good at that. This came in at a point where I wasn't earning any money. So that was a consideration. Then I think Taskmaster is genuinely different from everything else. And like I was saying about Channel 4 and my producers who were like, "We we want you to write in your voice and things like that. Taskmaster wants you to also do that. And I think that is um, why it's so successful. I think, I think TV, like, successful... T- it's like alchemy. Like, you never know how it's going to land until it's on. You can have the best scripts, you can have the best people, and then something goes wrong or something doesn't... Mm-hmm. Do- it, it just doesn't gel. It's a really hard thing to do. And now that I've done written a TV show, I look at other TV shows, and I, I really respect everyone who's done it because it's... Just one thing can not work, and that's it. Yeah. And it's it's devastating because it's so hard to get something commissioned, and then you write it, and then you film it, and then you edit it, and then for whatever reason it doesn't, people don't yep. go for it, and that's really sad and depressing. Taskmaster is absolutely brilliant. And like you were saying about ghosts, you can watch it with your kids, yeah. you can watch it with your grandparents, it's brilliant. And they want you, right? So it came in and I thought, all right, that's quite a good fee. I'll do that. (laughs) (laughs) And then I thought I would just really have fun with it and climb on Greg's chair if the (laughs) opportunity arose. But they're very good, like, and they're very different. Um, And I think that, you know, like with stand-up, if you're... I think people can tell if you're not genuine or yourself a little bit and I think that makes them feel a bit uncomfortable or even though we say like my material in stand-up is not there would would be be like a a grain of truth and then it's embellished and changed and then you know how can I make this one anecdote how can I change this thing that's happened to me and make it about a wider issue or what does that mean for the world or other people do you know what I mean it's this happened to me when I was when I was with my cat sort of thing but what does that mean it can't just be that my that my cat ate some floss and it was coming out of his ass <laughs> like what does that is can i make that about brexit or <laughs> you know what i mean what what can i do with that yeah and um i think with i think with taskmaster it's just you know you got to just be free and you do and have confidence in failing i think failing is so important in life I think we learn so much from it. And, like, like be, be who you are and fail on your own terms. Like, show the world yourself. Like, this is what I think now at 51, and I wish my 21-year-old self had known this, is like, but we don't know this, do we? We, we just hide ourselves constantly and we try and be something else that we're not. And then that, that, that makes us angry and sad and upset because we're not... But, you know, I'm flawed. You know, you're very flawed. Uh, I, but, no, you're not. I'm just kidding. We all are. And, like, Taskmaster was the first job I think I did where I was like, just don't be afraid to look stupid and say stuff. And so what if people say that you're 
stupid and mad and <laughs> don't know anything. Does it really matter? It probably doesn't. It doesn't matter. And it was, you know, again, because you were yourself. I mean, that, you know, there's like so many bits. Well, there's a really, version of myself. Well, yeah, but the, I mean, the bit where you're doing <laughs> the walk, when you're trying to do the pedometer and you walk. No, but what that it didn't work. You still don't need to. It literally didn't work. It didn't. Well, it doesn't work if you walk like it no one's ever It did work when I did that. When I walked normally, it didn't change. It only changed when I did that. <laughs> and people thought I was trying to be funny. I wasn't. I was trying to make the pedometer work. But you know, Everyone like, should it, do that show. And they right. should. But it's an extraordinary thing to be thrown into something and know you have no idea. You know, like... Yeah, you have no Because there's idea. no prep. You don't, get, no you don't have any clue what's coming up. No. And sometimes you're just faced with something and you don't really even understand what they've just no, said. No, I know. And, so, and then you're just going, fuck. So it's such an unusual thing, place to be put. And then, yeah, sometimes you just totally fuck it up and sometimes you think of something... But isn't amazing. Alex... So Alex is so nice. Like, before you do it, he says, hello. Oh, he didn't even call me. I think I got a text. Did he call you? Um, no, I don't think so, no. Oh, did you get a text? I, yeah, I think he texted me. <laughs> he texts me every now and again. He says, it's, don't worry, um... <laughs> um it's just going to be really good fun. <laughs> like, and I thought that was a really nice thing to do. Like, don't worry about it. It's just going to be fun. It and, is, it, and it was. It is fun. I would go in every... If, if they would have... I wouldn't, I I wish wouldn't expect I'd to be won. paid. Yeah, it's great winning. Um, it's really... It's much it's much. No, because I win. want to do it again. I know. I was like, sounds... oh, can you have a different series where it's the person... I don't even know the where I came. The people with the stupidest walks. Was I last? They could do that one series. <laughs> well, hopefully there's going to be a champion of champion of champions. So I get to do it again. When I'm like 60 years old or something. But how do I get to do it? You again? don't, you've, you've lost. You're out. I'm undefeated. Well, I've got two testicles. <laughs> <That's true. laughs> Sorry, that won't make it in. Um, and look, we, we, as we're in front of an audience that loves yes. the show, Ghost, for some reason. Ghosts! Oh my God. Um, well, I it was don't... just over that, just that second. <laughs> I don't think they've even had one eel in that show, and so I don't... No eels. No eels. They were silicon eels. Oh, were they in your... In my show. In your show, they were silicon, were they? Do you know what, and you know the baptism scene where Jerome dunks me and I... Yeah. I have my water baptism. I wanted an eel to go past me, but they... Because they were silicon, and they were heavier on the top than they were on the bottom. Yeah. And we had a, we We were trying to, like... But they kept flipping upside down, and then it would have cost. It would have like blown the whole series budget to get a real eel. Animals are you know, so like expensive, aren't they? Ten, I was ten like, horses Can we just get eel? a fucking horse to swim underneath? <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, so I couldn't have an eel swim past me. But no. But what let's talk about ghosts because remember, it's a very memorable. You were saying backstage that you couldn't believe anyone would remember you in it. But I think it's a very pivotal and memorable character. You, I, I, I think it's really, you know, I mean, I've seen the show a lot because I watched it and now I've watched it again with my, my daughter. And, you know, we, I've seen it every episode about three times, I would say. But, you know, that's, that really sticks in, in the mind. It was, and, and as you say, it's like your first... I know you've done some sketch stuff and you were brilliant in... We talked about before, I'm sure, the uh, Kevin Eldon show where you did oh, Susie yes. Sue. But you, but you hadn't, like... This was one of your, like, I say, your first acting job after... 20 yeah. years of trying to be an actor. For uh, much, like, um, 97 I left drama school. Right, OK. So, yeah, yeah about that. So, uh, since 1997, 
there's been a sweet corn advert. Yeah, well, that was, I'm sure it was good. Annie and Linda. <laughs> <laughs> so what, Why what, is that? I don't know, but I don't know. There's lots, you know, there's, I think there's... It, being an actor is a very difficult gig. Yeah. And, you know, being a stand-up, it, uh, comparatively, you can keep working. So if you get a job as a stand-up, you're going to go, well, you know, why would I, why well, would I do... And that you can have much more control yeah, of your career. Yeah, you've got no control and, and you've, you don't yeah. know you're going to work as an actor. Exactly. So it's nice if an acting job comes up, and I like yeah. it, doing it every now and again. But, yeah, it's, if you write your own thing, you can do it. But, it's, but, you know, it's nice that they got you. And I think you were perfect for, for that uh, ghost part. Well, that's very kind of you. Thank you. And I did love it because it was... And I was... I, I think I might have screamed and immediately said to my kids, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God, I've just had an email from my agent through. And, uh, I, and, and it was... Um, the guys had said it's only four words but <laughs> and I was like I would just be in the background like I couldn't it was genuinely a career like highlight I I think I might have cried <laughs> um but yeah I think because ghost for me because like in the last 20 years or so my absolute just is uh, favorite shows are detectorists and then and then ghosts so um, to get that, I was like, I'll just, I'll do anything. And then they were like, oh, yeah, we we might give you, like, five lines in the next series, uh, five words or something. Um, but I didn't care, even if I wasn't in the next one. But, yeah, that was just to be, to be part... I genuinely think that Ghost is one of those shows that is so rare and, and comes around probably less than once in a decade. I just think it's going to... People will be talking about it and watching it in 30, 40 years' time, and everyone in it is is so individually, like, the best at what they do. If you think about all the people in that and them as an ensemble and just the whole show, and it's so profound and moving, and it's so well-written and it's so funny and it's so well-shot... I, I genuinely, they should be so proud of that. Yeah. And it really doesn't happen very often. And, you know, to be a part of that, I, I mean, <laughs> I, you know, I just was, I'm very proud to be in that yeah, show. Yeah, it's great. It's a, it's, a, it's a wonderful thing to have done. And, yeah, 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 it will still be playing when you are a ghost, an actual ghost, <laughs> and you can look at the a ghost, you can look at your performance as a ghost and go, that wasn't, that wasn't how being a ghost is like at all. Why aren't I going, ooh, ooh, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> like I am now. <laughs> <laughs> Look, let's Which talk. I did, I did do that in my series, my Radio Four series, Mortal. I did talk like that as a ghost. Did you? Yeah, yeah. that's the right way. They've made a mistake. They've got to, re- they've got to re-record the whole series. Go. <laughs> It'll be a very long, very long series as they try to get their lines out. Look, let's. Well, this is an Edinburgh Fringe podcast. Let's talk about your Edinburgh show. It's called Who Am I? Who Are You? Do you answer that question? Who am I? I'm who getting to know. Yeah. But do we ever really know who we are? I don't think so. I hope not. I hope I never find out who I am. Because I think that, you know, when something happens and you go, that wasn't like me, it was, wasn't it? Because you <laughs> did it. <laughs> do you know what I mean? It's like, you did it, you've been caught on CCTV and now you're in prison. <laughs> so it was you that did it. Yeah. But I... I, I I'd, I'd, I think I'm getting to know who I am. Yeah. I think. I don't know. I feel, <laughs> I feel like that I'm more like I was when I was little now. 
Yeah, and do you think that? And I, mean, I think that's that, I think that's because I'm infertile now. I've had okay. my last period, <laughs> yeah. so I, do, I don't. I feel like there's a whole part of my life that's not not necessary anymore. <laughs> yeah. Well, it, <laughs> you know this, I mean? it, it is nice for you to talk about. Again, that's something that doesn't get for men and women that doesn't get talked about. I know it's not the same for men, but men will. You know, things things do change, and like you know, men do go nuts, I think. I mean, m- more men go nuts than women do, like, than I think in middle age. Because you don't talk about stuff enough. Oh, yeah. So, so then, you know, I think men, so many men, you know, my contemporaries, it yeah. terrifies me that they get to their 50s and suddenly start thinking insane crap and spouting shit. And I think because, because it's because they are, you know, in youth, men are, you know, are that sort of top dog thing and then they have to yeah. get used to... It, they become less relevant. I know that you would say more relevant but that's as older But about men. where you get your power from, isn't yeah. it? So it's, it's about like, power, it's so like, they can't it's, cope with the power. I think that the root of all of our problems and, like, evil is, like, status and power and, and like... And ego is a part of that as well. Yeah. And it's like, for a woman, it's... If you're, if you're a young woman and you... I mean, Mary Wollstonecraft talked about this in 1770-whatever. Uh, uh, but it's like, if, you're, if your power is from beauty or from position and things like that, that's a false power and that's not going to stay with you. And real power comes from actually being who, who, you, who you are as a person. That's real power and knowing that and knowing how to interact in the, in the world. But you can't use your power... Like money, beauty, all these things, they're false powers. Mm-hmm. And they don't, once they go, you don't know who you are and where your power comes from. So if you've never had those things, I think you're probably in a much better place when you become, like, middle-aged or older because you've not lost those things. So for me, um, (laughs) Pluve, I think I I didn't ever get power from, you know, being, like, the being like pretty or anything like that i always tried to be funny like or get you know or say something or and so i don't feel like now that i'm 51 and i'm i'm menopausal and i'm not having periods anymore so i'm not in my reproductive years i don't feel like i've i'm trying to figure out who i am i feel like a return to self yeah but that's Um, but that's a great you know for men and women that's a great thing to hear because it you do, you know, I fear getting older and, I, you know, and there's lots of things to worry about. But I think you're right. There's lots of positive things about it. And but that's an acceptance of our mortality yeah. and, and death. And we do have to f- face that, though. We do. Like, we can't be afraid of getting older <laughs> because we just get better as we get older. And the things that, that you think that you, you value and you lose as you get older, they're false things that don't matter. And those things are our looks, our... Um, our health our <laughs> <laughs> like you say we were supposed to die when we were 35 we were now dead. we've got all these things that we have to deal with um, like hairy penises and, <laughs> yeah um, remember that remember that think about that yeah how did you shaving your own penis Lou think about that Do you, sh- you don't shave it get it waxed get down to I the hairdressers wa- I can't, I can't get, get, it, get wa- it waxed That would be it would lead to terrible things. It ca- it wouldn't be that densely hairy. Either, no, but probably. it's like it'd be too it'd be too sexually arousing. It really wouldn't. Have you ever, <laughs> have you ever been waxed? Uh, I haven't. I've seen some it's videos terrible. of it online though. <laughs> I've seen some videos of it online where it gets... people get all sorts like their anuses bleached yeah. and, and waxed. 
I'd, I'd waxed and bleached. I would feel uncomfortable <laughs> having my penis waxed. Having your penis waxed, I would find oh, yeah, that. No, I d- I'm not even sure the hairdressers would do it. <laughs> <laughs> I think if I went in and said that, they go, yeah. "Get out of here." I'm thinking of a trim and this <laughs> other thing. Um, well, look, tell us where you're on in Edinburgh, and you're also touring this show, I should say, throughout, the, throughout the autumn. Yes, uh, so... Do you what? know where you're on in Edinburgh? Do you know what, what time yes, you're I'm on? Yes, I'm at you're the stand? stand. I'm not sure what time. I'm sure I can look find. it up. Sure. I think it might be around lunchtime. Yeah, it's usually, you're usually on the, that about that time. Yes, I, I'm time. usually on between 11 and 2. Okay. And it's Just go down. The, the stand is a great venue, so go and hang out there and watch all the shows and, watch and bridge shows. it will turn up eventually. <laughs> at some point. Or just look in the Fringe programme or app. Yeah, or I could... You, uh, um, you know, we could put it I'll on put the... It in the I'll put it in the little webs- blurb. I'll yeah. put it on the blurb. They can look at the blurb. Oh, I feel bad. But make sure you know I what time it is. I think it's 1 o'clock. Thank you so much. <laughs> yes, I'm on at 1.50. <laughs> okay, at, at the stand. But only for the first... Ten days or something? Yeah, like second to the ninth. Yeah, okay. And yeah. then off on tour and can, where Gosh, can we... Gosh, I'm going to miss my kid. Yeah, uh, three months, three and a bit months. And it's properly day after it's day. It's quite dense, isn't it? It is quite dense, so you're not going to come home between a lot of those gigs. Do you know what? I've got this thing. If I can get home, if it's yeah. less than like two and a half hours, I'm going to come home. Okay. Yeah. Even if, you, even if the, the next gigs... Bubbles. Yeah, I think so. Okay. I'm a real home bird. Yeah, me too. That's why I, I don't. That's why I haven't. I, you know, I've, I'm touring this, and then I'm hopefully going to tour a stand-up show after this. But I haven't done it since because no. I like being at home. During I lockdown. do. I love <laughs> performing the show and meeting the audience. Yeah. But I really miss home so yeah. much. But we have to because it's our. It's our job. It's, it's our, not... our calling, isn't it? It's our calling. Well, well it's well, our income, isn't it? It's <laughs> our income. It's our calling. It is our yes, calling. I can't imagine doing anything. Else. It's my income. It's, yeah. That's part of it as well. Yeah. That's part of it. Hopefully, with a bit of luck, if you don't, you know. Well, I hope to get recommit. Well, I mean, there's no money in TV, is there? Not, you know, I hope not, to. not really. But really, I, I hope to get, you know. I think it's touring, isn't it? Really, touring's that good. Is the main. Get, do a podcast. Somebody told me. The other day, oh, it was Jessica Nappett. Oh, yeah. There's a thing that you can do and get paid for it, which yeah. is people want you to do something and you, you do it. Yeah, it's... What's it's, it called? It's the oldest profession in the world. <laughs> Cameo? No, it's... Okay. Blind people. Never <laughs> blind. I should be no, interviewing this guy. You get blind, like... blind people pay you to do what? Oh, no, is it that? Is it an app where it's your eyes for blind people? I mean, oh, no, that I was a bit of a leap like, from what she was saying there, mate. I think, but you know, I think it's like people the, doing Jessica Nappy. Like, it's going it, Jessica Nappy, the established famous actress, is but looking think, at things for blind people and describing it to them. She's got better things to do. She'd never do it. She's mean. I, go, I think it's things like, oh, could you, you know, I don't know, eat an apple or something, right? Only fans. That's it. Is Only it? fans. <laughs> Did you know about it the whole time? It's. I mean, it's sort of like cameo, but it, yeah, yeah. I would. I don't think you need to. Like I don't cameo, think you need what? to go. I don't think you need to. Only go. fans. It's a. It's. If my tour doesn't, so I don't need to do that yet. Is it? I would. I wouldn't. I mean, if you want to. I mean, I would. I'm not. Uh, Why don't I know 
about stuff. I'm 51. <laughs> Is it because I'm from Gloucester? People make and a lot like, of... Oh, there's this thing, right? <laughs> people make and a lot of money on OnlyFans. Only a lot of people... But, but what, you have... I, what do you have to do? <laughs> I think if I, if I shaved my penis on OnlyFans, I reckon I could probably make 50 oh, to 100 pounds. I have no pounds. idea it was mucky stuff. Yeah, it's mucky stuff. <laughs> Is it mucky stuff? Not exclusively. But he thought it was for blind people. Yeah, he's a nice guy. I mean, he's the only person in the room thinking, oh, it's probably an altruistic <laughs> website for helping the blind to see things by describing it to them. Or it might be the one where you get your tits out and people wank off. It's one of those two. Is it one of those two? Well, the, there's, um, there must be an app for, for blind people. <laughs> there, there must be an app if blind people want to masturbate to celebrities. There has to be an app for them. And if there isn't, we have to make it. How would it work, do you think? <laughs> I am shaving my penis now. Oh, you just, like, just, to, to talk, just describe talk, it? Yeah. But they won't know what you look like, will they? <laughs> they I am very handsome. I look, I look like a young Michael J. Fox. Well, you do a bit. Yeah. But he's, uh, he's still quite uh, um, handsome, isn't he's he? He's still handsome. <laughs> Oh, you know how, like, you can age the same as people or you can end up looking like them? Because I think that I looked like a young Charles II when yeah. he was about 19, <laughs> but not when he was 52. <laughs> That's true. But, you, you, you know, you haven't aged. I don't understand it. You've aged backwards, if anything. I have aged. <laughs> you have I've grown my fringe out. That's, That's not ageing. That's just hair. That's, you can't just go, my hair's different. It's not how you... Oh, look, look at her. She must be older. Her hair isn't the same as it was. I know, she could have been to the hairdresser. No. If you look at... Do you film these? Yeah. So if you look at the one that I did... Yeah. And now I'll look... I'll look I will look ten, eight years... When was it? Eight years yeah, ago? It was eight years ago. I will look eight years older. Well, I am going to look at them both. Your eyes get smaller. Do they? Think, or just mine? <laughs> Is it, it's finished now, isn't it? <laughs> should have. We can wrap up, but, you know... <laughs> I quite like when it gets a bit giddy. Oh, my goodness, that we have been. We've been talking for ages. Poor, these poor people. Oh, God. I'm really sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry for what we've done. Did, yeah. I, did I say too much? <laughs> did I speak too much? Be honest. Yeah, only if about three people said no. <laughs> no, look, I wish I could talk to you for a lot longer. Well, I'll have to come on again. You can, like you all your back, you men that you get back multiple times. It's your second time. <laughs> Look, did you hear it? <laughs> we're just joking. We're really good friends. Which um, is a proper big feminist. Huh? Oh, this is kicking off over there. Everyone's going uh, It's time to go. Thank you very much. Bye. Thank you. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, give it up for the amazing Bridget Christie. She's the best. Go and see her show. She is the best. Thank you. Have you got enough? You have been listening to Rahulastapa with me, Richard Herring, and my guest, Bridget Christie. Scant regard, provide the music, I believe. I am indebted to my producer, Ben Walker. Thank you also to Chris Evans, not that one. And the fantastic Kathleen McKeegan from Rahulastapa, rahulastapa.com, without whom I could never remember what I've asked the guests before. And thank you to everyone at the Leicester Square Theatre as well. This is a Sky Potato Fuzz and GoFasterStrike.com production. Thank you. 
Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM. Thanks again for listening to the podcast. RichardHerring.com slash fallback slash tour or richardherring.com slash gigs for all of the information on the tour. GoFasterStripe.com for lots of downloads and books and lots of fun. Thanks for listening. Go and listen to another one. Tell your friends about the show. Tell your friends about the tour. I love you all. I'm out.